Welcome back to Technotopia, a podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Brianne Cole. She is the founder of the Future of Sex podcast. This is Technotopia. Technotopia is brought to you by Happy Fun Corp. Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York, that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top-secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come right, build cool. with them. HappyFunCorp.com. So two, one. Welcome back to Techtopia podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show we have Brianna Cole. She is the creator of the Future of Sex podcast podcast uh, that is and uh, and welcome to the show Brianna this is this is a lot of fun thank you I'm excited to be here and to talk about the future with you John yeah it's great it's a uh, so we just had Cindy Gallup on a few episodes ago uh, and I think I don't want to make this a trend per se but I think this is a fairly important thing to talk about the future of sex and how all this is uh, how it's going to go down I think uh, with with SoftBank buying uh, Boston Robotics recently uh, it's going to be interesting to see what sort of uh, horrible uh, robotic sex machines they're going to be creating. Well, you know what? I, I, this is a really interesting topic. I think the first one of just like under this branch of sex tech is mm-hmm. the robotics because I also felt like, oh, my gosh, this is totally creepy <laughs> that people are making sex robots until I interviewed the makers of the sex robots like Douglas Hines and Matt. McCullen, who's the creator of Real Dolls, mm-hmm. and realized a lot of the people that are buying the dolls, at least today and not in the future today, um, it's for therapeutic reasons or because of, you know, they've been through severe trauma and they can't relate to another person sexually and or even perhaps they have a disability or they suffer from cerebral palsy and they say, hey, I'm, I'm really having trouble getting a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, you make me this doll. So, I suddenly became a lot more empathetic to this idea of sex robots, which, you know, in the mainstream media and in our sure, heads, sure. I think is totally creepy. I mean, I think that, and it's, it's interesting that we just jumped right into this. I jumped right into it, unfortunately. I think, yeah, no, I think that's absolutely true. The idea that if you have, a, if you have an issue, this is one way uh, to create a sort of a surrogate for yourself. Uh, and, mm-hmm. the, and with all the teledildonic stuff and all this other weird stuff that's available, um, we have the opportunity for this, but I think, as you say, it's considered creepy or weird by mainstream media. I'm, I'm, as I said to Cindy, I'm the only TechCrunch journalist who actually cares about sex tech, uh, for the most part, uh, primarily because I think it needs a lot of work. And if you expose light to it, I think that changes an industry, uh, very deeply. Totally. I mean, because we all have sex too. So it just kind of seems ridiculous. This is, this could be such a huge market. Um, <laughs> you should and... speak to you for yourself. I think, I think that's the, uh... <laughs> so, you know, maybe this, the, the hopes that I have around, yeah, pu- uh, putting a light on it is those areas that are really important that change attitudes. Like what can technology do for education? We see it, uh, in science and other subjects around like the VR education courses how amazing would it be to raise the bar of sex education in the States or globally sure. um, with cool technology? So tell us a little bit about the podcast. Who do you talk to? Uh, what are some interesting things that you've seen so far? 
Well, I started out talking to therapists because I thought, oh, they see into the most bedrooms of all. And I wanted to learn more about how technology today, even though I said future of, was impacting people's relationships. And what I found there was for sure couples are having uh, problems because they spend too much time on their phones and then they get home and they're probably looking at two screens, a phone and a TV or a laptop. And by the time it comes to jump into bed, they're way too tired to do anything else. And they probably experience the effects of junk sleep. So therapists were interesting there and also looking at the effects of watching pornography from a young age. Um, but then I branched out and looked at, well, sexuality with people that aren't necessarily dysfunctional and looking at the technologists that are creating stuff to enhance just a simple experience, whether that is teledildonics, like long distance sex between couples that have a healthy relationship to entertainers and also just everyday people and mm -hmm. what they're thinking about how technology is changing their lives. And of course, futurists like Ross Dawson and their predictions for what's going to happen in 20 years. So it's so, a big umbrella. <laughs> yeah. So I always hate this question, but what's the most interesting thing you've seen uh, over the past couple of weeks, I guess? Mm, well, the ro the robotic stuff that we were just talking about, I think, was a big eye-opener for me because it changed the perception. The other area which I have found really interesting, and we're doing a sex tech hackathon in New York this Saturday, tomorrow, um, to promote more women in the industry, is just the amount of women that are getting involved in the industry of sex tech and uh, coming out with different sex toys or sex toy subscription boxes or teledildonics. And I thought that was fascinating because previously this has kind of been a male-dominated industry and also heavily dominated by pornography in terms of what's being covered. But we're seeing JD, JWT, the intelligence report, an agency that put out a report this year that called 2017 the year of vagina nomics, so vagina and economics together. And never before has there been so many products catered to um, female health and female mm -hmm. sexual health on the market before. So for me, that was really exciting. Okay. So what are what, what does... This is this is what frustrates me about the uh, the toy world. What what needs to change in this industry to a make it generally accepted and b make it better? Because I think a lot of the stuff that comes out is a nice try, but it's uh, it's mm. more of the same basically. What's what what is what's the cutting edge in this technology? Yeah, um, I think to make the to make it better and more cutting edge technology is actually just doing um, research around what people want. Mm -hmm. And you know, in 2016, it was the first time that a study has ever been done. And again, I'm going to go towards women, but for what it takes for women to reach orgasm. And this was done by um, the platform OMG Yes. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've heard of this mm -hmm. sex ed platform, which includes touchable videos that allow you to learn and practice these different techniques that lead women to orgasm. But this 2016, I can't believe that this was the year that a study, the first of its kind, was done to, to understand female orgasm and the idea that the clitoris was also an internal organ, not just what we see externally mm -hmm. and a huge internal organ. That was only discovered in the past couple of decades too. So I think what in terms of what make it, can make it better is actually just research and talking to people in terms of the sex toys and obviously the attitudes that we have towards it as being something that uh, 
you know, is a third wheel, so -hmm. to speak, in the bedroom rather than just this normal thing that might enhance it. I think the cooler things that we're seeing at the moment are um, companies like Lioness that are tracking how you're using it. Obviously, we had like the big scandal where the data was shared around sex toys that wasn't meant to be. Um, But getting people to understand their bodies more is really interesting and what what pleasures them because we're, we're never taught that in school. And so being able to have that data yourself and look at, oh, this is, this is really cool. This is what works for me is, is probably where I think the most interesting innovations are happening at the moment. Of course, there's fun stuff too. Um, Mystery Vibe have a six motor vibrator. Never before has there been six motors in a vibrator. (laughs) Um, and then you can pair it to music, you know, and it will do different beats and you can choose, you know, I'm sure in the not too distant future, there'll be Spotify playlists that you can share that are paired to vibrators. Just like right now, you can pair dating apps to vibrators. Sure. It's like, it's like full surround sound. (laughs) Yeah. So what, what needs to be done? What, what are some, uh, what are some of the, um, valuable pieces of data that we could start collecting? Uh, we already collect all our diet, diet, uh, diet information. We already collect our workouts on our watches. Uh, but what could we do, uh, even right now to start having, uh, more fun essentially? Mm, as a user or as just, uh, as companies? I guess, I guess as a user. And if I was a, if I was a young Stanford grad looking at startups and I could either make a startup that helps people sell more ads on online, or I could make a startup that helps, makes people have fun in, uh, in the bedroom. I'm not sure exactly which one I choose, but I'd, mm. I would probably, what, what could they be looking at? What could they be building to help things, uh, in the next 10 years? I think we need to better understand how people are using technology with sex just in general. We think about tech just being vibrators, but what about things like FaceTime and Skype and um, just general technology, how it affects um, how it affects our sex lives in general, even sharing nude pictures or the event of, I don't know what the button is you call on the iPhone camera where it was able to basically invent the selfie mm-hmm. that that button on the t- the bottom right-hand side, which flips the camera around and that kind of hailed the dawn of the selfie, but also the dawn of nude picture sharing and just how these norms sort of have metabolized into our culture. So I think that the data that I would like to see is how are people using technology today that we don't know, just like the therapists see inside um, everyone's bedrooms. How can we start to understand how people are using technology inside the bedroom? We understand how they use it in the office, in the living room, in the kitchen, when they're on a run outside. Um, But how can we start to see, well, what are people introducing and what are they looking for? And then, of course, things like sex toys that have the the data in there are really cool. Um, and then, you know, you can hack your own sort of sex tech yourself as a user <laughs> um, in terms of even stuff as simple as a dating app and looking at, um, you know, you could go <laughs> fairly down into, well, you know, what sort of person you would like and what location and what, um, you know, even dating apps for different fantasies and sort of figure out, well, what is my ultimate person or when do I meet the people that I'm most connected with? Like how can technology work for me the best? Yeah, it's interesting. There should be there should be more dating apps for uh, stuff that isn't exactly just going out and having coffee or whatever, right? 
Oh my gosh, John, I, I can tell you now <laughs> after doing some research, there's dating apps for absolutely everything. If you have an interest in guys with beards, you can join <laughs> Bristler. Um, there's, of course, the Bacon dating app. And there are dating apps by, you know, by fantasy or by threesomes as well as just like really funny stuff. Like if you like to wear glasses and you want to find someone that likes people with glasses, you can definitely find a dating app for that. I, I find that offensive because as a former glasses wearer, I think wearing like fake glasses is like wearing like a polio brace, which is... I agree. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Um, what does, what does this look like in 20 years? What does sex tech look like in 20 years? Is it, is it just, uh, is it just vibrators and Skype or is it something different? <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of different predictions around what it will look like. I, and just in short, I hope it's a more open and inclusive, you know, society, because the capabilities will soon be that we could date someone entirely in virtual reality and go on our first date in virtual reality, our second date, go to the movies, have our first kiss, and ultimately experience a breakup all in a virtual world. We could 3D print uh, different body parts, and people are sort of already doing this, of our lovers, but then enabling them with touch feedback to add that sort of realism across distances. Um, people will be making, you know, replicas of themselves in terms of robotics um, and probably selling them over the internet. And um, my, my last episode I'm wrapping up, my podcast is in with an interview with a futurist, Ross Dawson, who says that one in 10 young adults bringing it back to robots will have had sex with a humanoid robot by 2045. 2045. So we got... Yeah, that's about 20 years. That's interesting. What what happens to humans, uh, human to human contact when it's when your first sexual encounter is with the with the robot? Yeah, I think I think sex will be uncoupled a little from uh, traditional ideas of romanticism and um, staying, you know, even these ideas that we have today around monogamy have sort of been uncoupled from sex and we're seeing things like polyamory and different models of relationships pop up. So I do think we're moving on from sex purely being a coupled activity and perhaps, you know, there's you know, in the sex therapy world, they, they they list 500 different reasons why people would have sex, obviously, ranging from, you know, making love to just stress relief to something else. So I think there'll be different uses and perhaps for robotics or 3D printed parts or things that may be purely in that that realm of masturbation. But in terms of physical touch, it's very hard to recreate the physical touch and the emotional connection that you get from humans. And they're definitely trying to do that. But I think um, in an optimistic and light world, we'll see that we won't completely be replaced. And things that are on the side of the brain of creativity and imagination and intuition and all these things we think about in terms of skills equipping the future workforce is also equipping us for the future of just humanity and intimacy and sexuality. It's like how, how, how can a robot be so creative and intuitive um, versus your, your partner in the bedroom? And I think that's probably the competitive advantage that we'll have against technology. Beautiful. And that sounds, that's like, uh, it's like you level up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we want technology to enhance our lives, right? Not take us over. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about this, uh, this hackathon. Uh, this is happening tomorrow. So. Yeah. So the sex tech hack is the first of its kind in America, actually. They've done one in Paris recently and one in the UK. And the idea is to just bring people in 
especially women actually, um, into the sex tech industry and show them, hey, it's not just uh, about porn, although that's potentially where a lot of the money is at the moment, but the sex tech industry is so much broader than that and it incorporates all areas of sexuality and all areas of technology when you combine them together. So that could be health, that could be crime and violence or assault reporting, it could be entertainment, it could be pleasure, and there's just so many um, more things around sexuality than just what we perceive as like, oh, sex is this creepy, dirty thing or this dark thing and se- that, that lives on the internet. And then in terms of technology, wow, it's so much more than just you and a screen. It's It could be, as we've been talking about robots or virtual reality, it could be augmentation, immersive entertainment, virtual um, dating, and of course, remote sex and like the the original sort of sex tech are the teledildonics or even the, the Skype, uh, you know, could be the OG um, sex tech. So tomorrow we're bringing in speakers that are sort of icons in the industry in New York to inspire. There's 150 people coming along and then breaking them into groups around different categories of sex tech and getting them to hack very short hackathon, just a day and present their ideas. But the idea is, hey, let's encourage more people into what traditionally is perceived as either creepy or something weird and just sort of normalize the conversation so we can propel the industry forward. All right. That sounds great. Where can people find out about it? Sextech.nyc. And where can people listen to the Future of Sex podcast? Wherever they find their podcast, you can listen on iTunes, you can listen on SoundCloud, you can listen on Google Play, and just look up Future of Sex. All right. Rainy, thank you very much for joining us on Technotopia. This has uh, been a lot of fun. Thanks, John. See you soon. Technotopia is brought to you by Typewriter. Typewriter is your on-demand editor, and their amazing team of writers will make your book chapter, blog post, or email shine. Typewriter editors come from places like TechCrunch, Gizmodo, and the New York Times, and they offer low bulk rates for longer work. Check it out at typewriter.plus. That's typewriter.plus.